This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Well, welcome to Killer Innovations. We are back from the uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. And as a result, we're going to talk a little bit about what we saw at the show. So today's guest is Kim McNicholas. She's a friend of mine. She was a former reporter at Forbes. We actually had her on the show um, prior to CES. And as a result, I've invited her back to kind of give us her feedback post the show. Now, Kim was involved in a lot of different activities, but as a result, uh, she got to see a lot of things. I was involved, but we didn't have any overlap, which was kind of interesting. We were off doing completely separate things. So, so Kim, welcome to the show again. Hi. Yeah, I was so surprised that it, an entire week we did not see each other once. And in talking, just prepping for this show, all the stuff that you were talking about, I didn't see. And I talked about stuff that you didn't see. So it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's a huge show. So. Uh, well, when you got a hundred and uh, what one hundred eighty thousand of your nearest and dearest friends all crammed onto the show floor, uh, what it's the largest trade show now in the world. One hundred seventy thousand people, they said, came this year. Yeah, well, it was crazy, and then they had all the warnings about security. You know, they limited your bags. You had to have photo ID to get on the show floor. All kinds <laughs> of, all kinds of crazy stuff. It was, uh, it was definitely one of the more uh, interesting uh, CES shows. But one of the things that you were there for, and we talked about this the last time you were on the show, was the work that you're doing with the Extreme Tech Challenge. And right. so at CES, you went from the top 10 to get down to the top three. They get to go to Necker Island. Um, they get to go hang out with uh, Richard Branson and, uh, and uh, get, get that uh, coaching and, and guidance. We had an amazing group of people. More than 1,000 companies ended up uh, applying for the Extreme Tech Challenge, and we did a we did get it down to twenty five, and finally ten. And I wanted all ten of them to to win, and you know that you can't really do that. But we had Tim Draper as one of the judges. We had Veronica Serra, one of the most sought after investors in all of Brazil. Of course, the CEO of the Consumer Technology Association, Gary Shapiro, tech evangelist Robert Scoble, uh, Curtis Sasaki was an interesting one. He was the VP of Ecosystems and IoT. A general manager for Samsung Electronics. He was also one of the judges. And Rich Carlgaard, publisher of Forbes, even came as one of the judges. So great crew. And they were able to narrow it down from 10 to three. And the top three are going to go on to pitch Sir Richard Branson on his private island on February 11th. And so are you ready? Do you yeah, have the I'm ready because <laughs> I, I already had my uh, my favorites out of our last conversation of which three I should I thought should go in. So go ahead and surprise me and then I'll just react. Okay, okay. So the first one is Droptic. They had that 360 camera with the patented technology. So you no longer, um, you know, we're no longer limited to a single frame when it comes to photos and, and, and videos. And it automatically stitches the 360, the video together and the picture together. And they had one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns in all of France, $1.4 million raised in 45 days. So all of the judges were really excited about that company. Okay. Uh, well, um, needless to say, there was a lot of 360 content being shown at CES. Yep. And there was a couple of really interesting other companies. <laughs> but I think in this case, these guys, I think, do have something interesting 
um, from the standpoint of their their approach to the camera, their approach to the stitching. My prediction, though, is over the next year, we're going to see a lot of shakeout in 360 content. However, these guys yeah. clearly have a, have a leg up in the fact that they, you know, they've made it to the top three of the Extreme Tech Challenge. So they already have attracted a set of mentors that most of the other guys just don't have access to. And I think with some guidance, they, they can, you know, work to get themselves a, a step ahead. As we get later in the show, I've got another 360 technology that, that we brought into our Pitch It event where we brought 10 startup companies to come in and pitch. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit later. They're going in a completely different direction. But VR 360 content, hot, hot, hot at this year's CES. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. They even had, there was a company called Threeopolis that we worked with that ended up um, having a VR lounge. So virtual reality was really, I, it, it took over all of the palms. They had a VR party, they had um, all the demos, they had panels, and that was on top of everything that was already happening. I think every single large company over on the main floor had some sort of virtual reality representation. So, okay. So, much Company number two. Company number two is Bloom Technologies. It's a smart device that you wear during your third trimester, so um, you can track all of your contractions. And I mean, women. <laughs> it's the first one. To, it's the first company to do. This. So they were really a popular company. They also uh, won the IBM Watson partnership. IBM Watson went through our more than one thousand applicants and chose a potential strategic partner to pair up with IBM Watson and Bloom was also their standout. So not only a standout for them, but also in our top three to pitch Sir Richard Branson. And the third one, which was really honestly no surprise was Sphero. And the funny thing about Sphero, and Sphero created that app, the app enabled robots in particular, probably best known for its BB-8, the droid. They licensed the technology from Disney and they were able to create the little BB-8 robot that everybody is familiar with from the new Star Wars film. But I walked out there on stage doing intros for every single one of the companies before they presented. And I walked out and I said, who's seen Star Wars? You like it, right? Great movie, right? An audience <laughs> of 300 to 400 technology entrepreneurs and technology savvy people crickets absolute crickets <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if they were messing with me or not because you know i the most people i've talked to said I, you know it's a it was a good movie you know they still like the older generation likes the you know one through six and the newer generation i thought really liked this movie <laughs> so i said well someone must like this movie right because Analysts actually predict shoppers will pick up $5 billion worth of Star Wars merchandise over the next 12 months, and standing to benefit will be Sphero. But with all of their success, what was really awesome is that Paul, the CEO, is so incredibly humble and so incredibly gracious, and he's really excited. I mean, he was meeting with some of the biggest names, biggest toy manufacturers, huge partners, $20 million deals getting done this week there at CES and more. And yet he was so he he was so excited about winning the Extreme Tech Challenge, which really meant a lot to us. So all three companies going to pitch Sir Richard Branson February 11th, and we still have some tickets available, so people can email info at extremetechchallenge.com if they uh, potentially want to go to Necker Island to watch the top three 
But there was a little bit of a surprise. Richard Branson sent a message, a video message in saying he was so impressed with all 10 companies that he wants all 10 of them to fly to Necker Island to at least meet him. I mean, when you have a company like Megabots, which is creating uh, the world's first sports, international sports franchise of giant humanoid robots. <laughs> so do they have to take the, uh, the Megabot with them on the airplane? Oh, no. They ended up, <laughs> so what ended up happening, so here, we tried to get the Venetian to allow them in, the, and the Venetian wouldn't allow them in. And then Gary Shapiro said to the, the founders of Megabots, hey, you should have let us know because CES said there was room for them on the floor. Instead, Zappos came in and said, hey, you know what? We're going to pay for your robot to fly to. They had this drone flying competition over at one of their expo centers. Have you? I don't know if you've ever seen a drone competition. Yeah, Hardly. It's a bit, this is kind of the uh, obstacle course, fast oh. loops. I mean, it's unbelievable to watch those guys fly them. Really? You were impressed? <laughs> yes, I was impressed. Okay. <laughs> because maybe when maybe when I got there, all I saw were drones crashing into the nets and falling on the ground. And it was just a little bit of a mess by that point. But I got there towards the end. But really, the, the highlight, I think, of the whole thing was seeing the Megabot out front, this big human, you know, humanoid 13, 15 foot tall robot moving around out front. So that was pretty awesome. And they have networks this month. We're hoping to hear very soon. They have a bunch of networks that are fighting to uh, bring it online and broadcast it, a whole TV series about them sometime in 2016. So they were in our top 10 too. Um, my other favorite in the top 10 that didn't make it into the top three, but I think everybody should know about is Kick Further. And so if you have a product and you need inventory, instead of taking out a loan or getting venture capitalist money, um, you can go on there and it crowdfunds all of the inventory so you can get your product to market. And it replaces the hundreds of billions of dollars in short-term loans out there. Yeah, actually, so I thought that one was really interesting when we talked about mm -hmm. it at the last show because I think supply chain becomes one of the big hindrance issues, particularly if you've got a manufacturing element to your business. And it's not a readily available expertise we have these days. So. But for as little as $20, you can invest in any one of these companies. But you have to get on quick because they're literally, it's big, it's so popular with people who want to invest in all of these companies right now that within like three minutes, they meet their goal. Hey, so Kim, we're going to get, cut the commercial break. We'll be right back. We'll pick up where we left off. This is Phil McKinney on Killer Innovations. Talk Radio. This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation welcome back to killer innovations kim mcnicholas is on the phone with me today we're continuing on with our discussions around post ces what are we hearing after the show uh so uh one first off i'm going to apologize because kim and i are both suffering from the, this, <laughs> the ces cold that everybody at the show had so i'm sitting here trying not to like cough into the microphone or whatever or sneeze and 
I can, you know, Kim's actually on a video call with me here so we can actually see each other while we do these interviews and do the, do the shows. Um, and I can see her with her Kleenex on the other end. So I'm going to apologize yeah, but- to the listening audience now. We're, we're probably sounding like, uh, at, least, at least in radio, you <laughs> can't course. catch it from us. Well, it's a true it. immersive experience right now. They're getting the full CES experience. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, <laughs> you almost need to take a two weeks vacation when you come back from <laughs> when you come back from this show. So, one of the other things that you participated in was the uh, Eureka Park up front, and that is the. Uh, well, I'll let you share about what what is the Eureka Park up front. What's the kind of the premise behind it, and then what did you see? And so. Over the last several years, they've had, CES has had Eureka Park, and it's just a place where all of the startups, it's really the future big booth companies, right, at CES, but it's a place where all of the startups can can gather, and a lot of the uh, bigger companies, the executives at bigger companies, can walk in and also mentor some of the, the newer uh, companies that are emerging, and for the first time this year, someone by the name of Tim Cassidy, who works with Eureka Park, decided to start Eureka Park up front, which is an opportunity to bring a select number, a very curated uh, group of entrepreneurs that are in the Eureka Park area and pair them up with the big buyers from large companies like Staples and Amazon and Bed Bath and & Beyond and Target and Sears. Like all the major companies were all represented in this small exclusive room that were where these you know eight to ten companies were able to present to these buyers directly and i was really impressed with some of the companies that are there i think one of my favorites and it sounds funny it's called phone soap and they oh, have a youth- phone phone, phone soap, soap? Okay. and i saw phone soap and they were and i was expecting something sudsy but it really wasn't it was using they have uv light technology and it kills 99.9 percent of the bacteria and viruses on your devices and I didn't realize when they said that they were doing testing, they compared the bacteria on your phone to bacteria in a bathroom. And the bacteria on your phone far exceeded what they found in a bathroom. <laughs> That's actually that been out really there for a while. People have been, well, look, you know, come on. How many times do you see people when they go to the bathroom, they take their phone with them. And while you're doing your business, you're checking your emails, right? So guess what? You know. You know, if you borrow someone's phone, be careful where that phone has been, you know? Be careful. So this is, it's a docking station that has UV light that uh, you stick your phone in and overnight it kills the bacteria. It's already sitting there anyway, so why not slip your phone, your iPad? I think they have one for your computer as well. And they presented and everybody was was um, was definitely impressed with it. But they've already been on ABC's Shark Tank as well. But they were looking for in-store retail distribution, and this was the perfect opportunity for them to do that. Another favorite of mine was the Bosun stove, and they've created the first solar-powered grill that can cook almost anything without gas or charcoal. And I was really impressed with that. And you also like that one, right? Yeah, I like that one too. I mean, uh, brings me back to my Boy Scout days of <laughs> needing to uh, light my fire in order to pass my merit badge, my cooking merit badge. But... Uh, there's been a lot of interest in kind of the solar using, you know, the the sun. The one thing that they claim, which, you know, we don't have any way to validate it without trying it, is they say they can actually use it even on a cloudy day, um, which would be fantastic. You know, whether it's, you know, you're off the grid or um, you're cooking someplace where you just, you know, you don't, where particularly like in national parks these days, 
mm-hmm. where open fires are, are not allowed, this could be a great alternative to be able to either have a picnic or go camping or even backpacking into areas where open flames are not allowed. And I told them they should talk to you because of what you're doing in Rwanda. I yeah, think actually, that it, it could be could be very interesting. There's actually a lot of work in Africa around alternative cooking uh, approaches because what typically happens today is they're using charcoal, which generates a lot of smoke, which actually causes lung inflammation. And then mm-hmm. people later in life, you know, after they've been breathing in the smoke from cooking meals all day long in their in their little houses. So anything that kind of think of it as a clean cooking approach is is, is keenly interesting for me. Digital wearables was really huge this year at CES. And one of the companies that was presenting, it's called Ashley Chloe, and they have a product. Their first product is called the Helix Cluff Cuff. Helix Cuff. <laughs> and <laughs> it's literally, it's, it's a bracelet, very high quality bracelet that integrates your your earphones into them. So you always have your headphones with you at all times. You have to pull them and string them out of your purse but it's in a very, it has, it's like 14 karat gold and it's beautiful and it comes in all kinds of colors and you take it out of your bracelet. And then also when you put it on your ears, it looks a little bit like a necklace, a really pretty high quality necklace. But I saw so many of these, I know they won the wearable technology award at CES, but there were a lot of these types of types of companies. We had a company that even competed in our top 10 wearables competition, a vertical competition in partnership with wearable world and also monster that it's called tinsel very high quality earphone product looking like a necklace but it's hard for any one of these to stand out i was curious your thoughts on these types of technologies because i'm sure you saw a few as well yeah we saw a bunch of them i think the i think there's gonna have to be some kind of a shakeout the wearable space is getting extremely crowded it Mm -hmm. is how many how many times can you really embed healthcare devices or whatever yep. um, into a device? How many more sensors do you really need? What more is it <laughs> going to really tell you? You know, we saw smart clothing and smart vest and, you know, uh, EG. Everything's smart. Everything's smart. You know, I guess somebody wants, I think it's kind of hard to sell a, like a dumb technology. Hey, I've got the world's greatest dumb technology, right? So everything is smart. But I think the challenge being is, is, what's the real useful nature of it? Are people really going to adopt or has it become the fad issue um, for a lot of these things? And so I think we're gonna see some of this transition occur over the next couple of years. I mean, how many more variations of a Fitbit-like watch bracelet kind of a device for measuring your steps and your heart Mm -hmm. rate and those kinds of things do you really need? So One wearable though that I saw that I, I think is pretty smart because a lot of seniors really struggle uh, with having, I, I can't imagine them wearing something that has multiple, uh, you know, things, a lot of things going on. And there's a company called Unali Wear and Jan Booth, she is the CEO and founder of it. And what it does, it provides discrete support for falls. It's like a, you know, just a wearable device you wear all the time on your wrist. It has medication reminders and it has, um, you know, audio uh, controls to it. So when they get so, the medication yep. reminder. Yeah, I think that, you know, that, those are some interesting things. Let's bring that back when we come back from this commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to pick up with uh, where Kim's discussion and my discussion to fall, closing out of what we saw at CES this year. Some great and exciting things. Looking forward to uh, sharing that with you. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to Killer Innovations. 
Talk Radio. This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing killer innovation. Welcome back to Killer Innovations. We are continuing our discussions on the follow-up and what we saw at Consumer Electronics Show. I've got Kim McNicholas with me. Uh, like I said, in the first segment, Kim and I had, we were both at the show, but we actually never saw each other at the <laughs> show. Uh, and I didn't do a lot of Facebook posting while I was at the show because my activities are a little bit different. Um, but I was watching all of Kim's updates as she was uh, running around, uh, uh, running around Las Vegas. And, you know, it's one of those things you got to, you know, you got to be careful, right? You know, some things you do in Vegas don't always stay uh, in uh, in Vegas. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's but sometimes it's a really it's a good thing because there are some really great companies. And I was at this uh, inaugural event where CES paired these really great uh, startups with the big buyers from Amazon and Staples and Bed Bath and Beyond and great companies. And one of my favorite was Unaliware, and that was the um, Kanega Watch, which provides discrete support for falls and medication reminders and everything for the elderly and even has geolocation. So if someone, if, you know, an elderly person wanders off, um, the loved ones will know where they are, be able to find them a lot easier. So that was really, really cool. Yeah. And that's actually one of the one, one of the areas that uh, I've been looking into for a number of years, which is, mm -hmm. you know, using IOT devices for what I refer to as the gray wave. You know, if you look at yep. the, 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 the bubble of the population as we age out and what that uh, impact is and, and, and the fact that people want to age at home, they want to age in place. They don't want to be shuffled off to a, uh, to a nursing facility or assisted care facility. And so these kinds of devices and, you know, I've tried, you know, remote cameras with relatives so you can mm -hmm. see them getting up, those kinds of things. So I think... I think this is actually uh, an area that as, as the boomers continue to age and as people, um, you know, don't want to give up that independence. I think those are those could be some some pretty interesting devices and, and could find themselves some some good traction. Um, and I think it's the one device in, in which it can be something separate. I think that in we talked before about the shake up in the wearable world and you know, convergence. But I, I think in this case, I think that it can be a, and should be a separate device because it can be a nice bracelet that they wear all the time that does nothing else but make sure that we know where they are and offer some education reminders. Well, and it's also very, it, you can differentiate. If you're just creating a wearable device that looks like everybody else's wearable device, so you do heart rate and pacing and all that kind of thing. You, 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 it's hard to it's hard to get above the noise of the crowd with everybody else in the exact same space, and in many cases, people with deeper pockets. In this case, <laughs> you're going after a segment that is not one that's well addressed. There's other technologies that people have tried. The key here, though, is you want to get something that the, that the elderly person is going to be willing to wear every day, kind of like yeah. the wedding ring. You know, you know, you know, you don't go out without the wedding ring. You don't go out with that watch every day. Because if it's something that they're only going to wear one every 10 days, then its usefulness goes away. But if you can solve that problem and you know it's always attached, 
there's a peace of mind that that happens to the rest of the family to be able to know where that person is. Yep. And then I have one more company for you. Just this okay. one you'll get a one kick more, out of. One more off the Eureka <laughs> uh, Park uh, area. The ro- and I think everyone's going to love this. The, the robotic bartender. Robotic bartender. <laughs> the world's smartest bartender. Soma Bar. So people are going to get an impression about you because the last time you were on the show, we talked about social networking for pot. Oh, yes, now, mass roots. Right. And now, and now you're doing electronic bartending. I think, I think people, people know you, Kim. They're going to get an impression of you. I'm just a realist. You know? I know what the mainstream people want. Well, also, the last time you were on the show, you talked about uh, uh, games in men's washrooms. So, oh, yeah, Captain you, you, Media, that was a hit, too, with the show. Yeah, well, you, you definitely know how to You go find the, those extreme ones, those ones that have a, definitely <laughs> are unique and different. But this bartender, I love it because it's, it has Wi-Fi connectivity, onboard sensors, electronic ingredient tagging, and it has, you know, it, it has the ability that you can order drinks that recipes that are in it i mean it's awesome you just put your favorite alcohol in there in these little tubes and then you can it'll automatically make your drinks for you wow yeah that's what i need given i don't (laughs) drink so i'm not 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 in my category so that's great from the so again this is i think the eureka uh, park is an interesting uh, area because in many cases startup companies are really in struggling trying to get to that first customer to get to the onto the retail shelf and that's a hard process if you've never done it before. You don't have the network of contacts. And so I think this is actually you know, a great opportunity for startup companies to get out there and talk directly to the buyers, the people who are going to yeah. buy that product, put it on the shelf, support them, um, et cetera. So I want to talk a little bit about an event that I hosted. Uh, it's called the Pitch It event. We do it Tuesday afternoon which is the evening before the show actually opens. And we invited uh, 10 startup companies. And we basically have the room for about uh, 45 or 50 CEOs, in this case from the cable industry um, and the CTOs. And so this is kind of a similar, think of it as kind of the Eureka, but in a very strong vertical in the telecom, broadband, um, cable industry space. But as you can imagine, the companies covered kind of the full breadth of what we saw on the show floor. The one company that I got really interested in that I thought was kind of, you know, had kind of an interesting twist was RTI Studios and they're at rtistudios.com. And basically they've taken a camera that was developed by DARPA and the Department of Defense uh, for U.S. military purposes and they're bringing it into the commercial realm for 360 uh, virtual reality content. In this case, this camera was designed to sit on top of Humvees in order to take a 360 view around the Humvees to look for roadside wow. bombs. And uh, it's got a very unique, it, it only has one camera element, so it's very fast. You can live stream it. You know, if you're in a Humvee and you want to know if there's a roadside bomb, you want to know it in real time, don't have to send it off to some cloud to have the, the video stitched. Um, these guys have taken the camera technology, they've simplified it, and they're commercializing it. Uh, but they're not looking to bring it to market directly. They're actually looking for partners. And some of the interesting use cases they've done is they've mounted these cameras in the shotgun seat in NASCAR. So you can I actually, love that. Oh, I love that because you can put the goggles on and now you literally feel like you're sitting in the car. You can look up at the ceiling. You can look down and watch 
the driver use, using the gas and, and the, using all the pedals and shifting. You can look out the side window and you can look eye to eye to the driver in the car right next to you. It really makes you there, you know, feel like you're right there in that experience. And you can do you know? Around. Go ahead. Do you know if they're actually integrating it? Because I, being a NASCAR fan myself, you can go on, you can get their pit pass for like ninety nine dollars, and you can choose which car. And you can actually shift back and forth between right. each car that you want to listen to the communication between the crew chief and the driver. So, is this something they're integrating? Do you think into that? <laughs> that's that's the ultimate that's the ultimate objective is to integrate it in so that you get not only the audio you get the video you get the full 360 view the smooth being able to transition look over your left shoulder look out the back window to see what cars mm. may be trying to pass you all of those kinds of things so it's um it's still an experimental they're also downscaling the camera to bring it out for uh, consumers for a wearable so you can you can basically mount it onto the uh, top of your helmets um, and therefore then be able to uh, uh, use it in extreme sports. Another wow. one that I thought was really interesting, and we'll squeeze this in before we go to another commercial break, and that's Luma, which is Wi-Fi mesh networking. And this is to solve your Wi-Fi coverage in your house. So in this case, you can just take and put uh, three Lumas around the house. They auto-organize. Very simple. You don't have to do a whole password thing. Great parental control technologies. And it gives you full coverage in the house. It automatically transitions your service as you walk around your house to each of the, each of the devices. This was a Kickstarter that's gotten a lot of great traction um, and one that also got a lot of uh, really great uh, um, uh, interest in, and uh, uh from the from the show itself beyond simply from what we were doing and so and there was a bunch of others Pipestream is another one that is basically what they refer to as whatsapp for businesses um, mm. which i think is an interesting piece and maybe we can uh, we'll pick up more on that on Pipestream when we come back because i want to give that a little bit more time and then the, the other one that i was interested in was arcadia data which is a big data solution so a lot of people have a hard time thinking about big data as sexy. These guys are doing some interesting things. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we pick up, we're going to continue on with our wrap-up of Consumer Electronics Show this year and all the cool technologies that are coming. And uh, we'll wrap it up on my event and then just talk about generally what we saw at the show. So stay right where you're at. I'm Phil McKinney, and you're listening to Killer Innovations. Talk Radio. This is Killer Innovations, a show about ideas, creativity, and how you can innovate. Welcome to the Innovator's Garage, where you learn to create your next game-changing Killer Innovation. Welcome back to Killer Innovations. We're going to pick up again. We're dedicating this show to talk about what Kim and I saw at the Consumer Electronics Show this year. Um, right before we went to the commercial break, I slipped in two companies. I'm going to circle back around and give you a little bit more perspective. One is Pipestream, P-Y-P-E-S-T-R-E-A-M, Pipestream. 
they're advertising themselves as the WhatsApp for business. And this is basically businesses trying to figure out a way to create their own social media channels to be able to have direct conversations with their customers rather than just leveraging a lot of the other social media uh, platforms that are out there. Pipestream's app is available at the app stores for download, so you can feel free to try those out. Um, what they're going after is, is aggregating a lot of brands onto Pipestream. So mm -hmm. if you're, you know, if you engage with a bunch of different companies, Pipestream then becomes really the platform that you can have direct interaction uh, with that business, whether it be for customer support or um, asking questions about product um, or uh, potentially having them push offers to you, um, et cetera. And I thought it was kind of an interesting model. Um, they're still fairly early. Um, in but I like their user interface. I really like their user interface. It, it's very simple. It's very clean. And here's my prediction. Facebook is going to buy this because I really, really think, think so. I, I mean, imagine them integrating the dashboard, just the corporate dashboard side of things into that, I think would be really, really huge. I agree. I think, uh, Sorry, man. As I said before, Kim and I are suffering from this. Uh, the CES this, bug. The CES bug. <laughs> um, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna get acquired. I think whoever can get the most brands aggregated onto the platform becomes yeah. the winner. Because look, if I'm a consumer and PipeStream has four or five brands that I'm involved in, but the other five brands they're not. How do I interact with them? I mean, I interact with them on the existing social media platforms. I tweet them or I connect with them on Facebook and, and you know, and, and find ways. But I think this is an interesting uh, approach. They've got a good starting place on, on the number of brands that they've already engaged with. So uh, from that standpoint, you know, I think maybe you're right. You know, this could be a pretty attractive um, acquisition target, you know, pretty early here because they, they're getting some really, uh, some really amazing brands that are supporting them. The other, the other one was Arcadia Data, which is a large data uh, project or a large data company. And this is basically around extreme simplification. So even small businesses where you're trying to do you get a lot of data, whether through your e-commerce store or just business to your website, and you're trying to use Google Analytics or any of the other big platforms. This is, you know, when I saw the demo on this, I was quite impressed at how easy it is, even for a non-technical person to really sift through just just humongous amount of data in order to better know your customer, better know your product, better know the offers. Not sexy, it's not like, you know, hoverboards and, uh, you know, uh, goggles and all drones and everything else we saw at the show. But here's a, you know, company that probably didn't get a lot of uh, press attention at the show but, How does it compare to, let's say, because there are a lot of companies that seem to be in this space, and I might be a little bit off here, but Tipco, Tableau, is well, that? Tipco, Tipco and Tableau are basically for much larger enterprises. They're, right. they're typically for, and it assumes that you've got some expert on the back end that mm. kind of architects the data so that uh, Tipco and those guys can consume it. What these guys have done is it requires nobody, even from an IT perspective, you just suck the data in and it starts identifying what it thinks are some of the common relationships across your data. Wow. And it does it in such a way, like I said, that you don't need to have an army of IT guys. You don't have to be a, you know, a thousand employee kind of a business to take advantage of it. So, so I can just take my Excel spreadsheet of all of my applicants in the Extreme Tech Challenge 
suck it on in there and it'll start giving me some <laughs> well they typically deal with very very large data sources so the example that they show for instance is um viewership data off of a when they were working with a vendor who had an over-the-top video service that required a little hardware platform mm. and they sucked it they sucked all the viewership data off of every one of those devices from across the country wow. and they just dumped it into this and it would tell you things like okay you know, what's the most popular show at seven o'clock on Sunday? And it required no setup. You didn't have to, you didn't have to groom the data before you could actually get some of that information answered. So that huh. was, you know, so that was really, that was the thing that I was really impressed with. Now, so for me, it was Arcadia, um, Pipestream, and then uh, RTI Studios. Now, I know that, you, you know, based on your Facebook posts, you spent a lot of time with Monster. And I Monster did. has and... always been big at the show, but this year they they just it just felt different this year for Monster. Right there, were, you know, the past few years they've had a lot of celebrity power, Nick Cannon, Shaq, all of the above at their press conference, and this year it was Noli, head Monster, founder and CEO, that came in, and the first thing he said is, you know what, we've gotten a lot of bad press with our lawsuit against Dre because. There were, you know, there were some feelings that were hurt when Dre went off. It was bought by Apple um, Beats, as you know, the headphones, and they Apple ended up dumping Monster, and they've lost like forty percent of their profits because of that. So they're just starting over and saying, "Hey, we're willing to re rebuild our brand." And in fact, Noel said, "We're clueless. We've created a new marketing lifestyle team, and we're going to start over." And well, they came out with. And this is interesting because I got to give Monster kudos because yeah, most big tech companies, when they stub their toe or they're going into a new segment, are never gonna you're never gonna get the founder to stand up on stage and say, you know something, we don't have we haven't figured this out. We're gonna figure this out, you know, and 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 and, and take that head on. So yeah, kudos. <laughs> And they've really gone back to the basics. They had a, a bunch of new cool products. They, they're they bringing back the boom box and they're calling it the blaster. Um, what I also really liked is they have new wireless, um, their Clarity HD headphones, wireless HD headphones, love those. Um, and I also really like, they have headphones with a built-in music player that will sync to the cloud. Be really great for travelers. So some really new great products coming from oh, them. That's, yeah, that like I said, I, uh, kudos kudos to, to Monster. As we wrap up the show here, uh, again, this is the, the the show we wanted to share with you what our thoughts or at least our initial take from uh, the uh, Consumer Electronics Show this year. If you want to get connected with Killer Innovations, you can text the word innovate to three three four four four, or go to killerinnovations.com/innovate. Get connected with us. Uh, Kim, thanks again for coming on the show, and um, I definitely will have we'll definitely get back on here again and talk about the work that we do. Appreciate the time. This is Phil McKinney, and you're listening to Kill Innovations on the Biz Talk Radio Network. The opinions you hear on Biz Talk Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of this station, Biz Talk Radio, its management, or advertisers. The information on Biz Talk Radio does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or service. If you have any questions about Biz Talk Radio, contact us at 817-274-1609 or at biztalkradio.com. Biz Talk Radio. 